Hello and welcome to One on One. My name is Steven Sloan, and I once chugged a whole bottle of vodka and danced in a Roman hotel. And joining me live from the nation's capital, my very own brother Mick. How you doing, bro, bro? I think of all of the ways you've introduced yourself, all the bits you've done, that one's the most like unsettling if it was true. Oh yeah, 100%. Especially because I, I didn't think you'd ever been to Rome, so that would be... That would be a surprise. Yeah, that would be a new piece of information. In case you didn't notice, I have no idea how to introduce myself because there's nothing particularly noteworthy about me. So we just sort of decided that I would introduce myself in a manner befitting the podcast that we're about to do. And for those those of you four or five people who went to see The Man from UNCLE uh, will know that that was a reference to one of my favorite movies of 2015. Yeah, well, we're we're going to get into that. I usually just yeah. rely on explaining what the weather is like. And yeah. we had our first warm weekend in D.C. for Ooh. months, I guess. Yesterday was apparently national run outside the Lincoln Memorial Day, because <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Uh, I got, well, yeah, I got that... lost at one point. Somehow, even though I've lived here for 20 years. <laughs> it happens. But in any event, what are we talking about today? Well, we figured uh, with the Oscars right around the corner at the uh, this Sunday when this goes up, we thought we'd talk a little bit about two female actors who we think had arguably the two best years this year. And just two, two actors who we think are somewhat unappreciated so we're going to talk about alicia vikander and brie larson right yeah and um well a little of background on this first you and i both really enjoy the academy awards mm-hmm. and we spend probably more time than we should getting annoyed when people we really like don't win or not even so yeah. much yeah. i feel like you and i we don't play favorites i mean we both have people we really like but i feel like we can admit when one person really should win yeah yeah yeah. and basically i'm at the point with the oscars that i used to be at with the grammys where i actually care who wins before i realized the grammys are the worst award show in america if anybody who watched this year's grammys will know but a lot of interesting parallels here for starters they're Mm -hmm. relatively the same age Mm -hmm. they've both been working for a few years larson is an american actress so she's been in things that you've probably seen even if you haven't seen her academy award nominated and probably winning performance in room and alicia vikander is swedish i believe yep so she hasn't really made it over to the united states that much before now she was in anna karenina which i didn't see but apparently that is a movie that some people saw and and enjoyed uh and she was apparently pretty good yeah Uh, She was also in an Academy Award-nominated foreign language film, A Royal Affair, with uh, your boy Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. I like that guy. I was just talking to someone at work about that guy. So, yeah, she was was also in that. That was 2012, so that was the first sort of American exposure she had. Hmm. And then she was in literally everything in 2015. Yeah, she had a big year. And actually, so... In a lot of cases, we actually flip a coin when we decide who's going to take which side. In this particular instance, it was purely logistical because you live in northwest ohio where nothing is given and everything is earned yeah well no that's northeast (laughs) much like northeast okay okay. very similar thanks lebron thank you for reminding (laughs) us that northeast ohio is the only place in america where nothing is given but that's an old joke yeah that's that's a deep cut but anyway you don't live near like a sort of art house style movie theater yeah safe to say and so i realized okay well if we're gonna do Brie Larson and Alicia Vikander one of us has to see Room which ended up being me I went to see Room yesterday 
Look at us doing research for this thing. Diligently preparing for the podcast. Yeah, it, it blew me away. I'll get into why later. But do you want to mm-hmm. uh, tell our audience a little bit about what makes Alicia Vikander so great? Yeah, we're in an interesting position because I don't think either of us knew who Alicia Vikander was this time last year. She kind of came out of nowhere and you actually went to see Ex Machina before I did. And we were both, we'd both heard about it. We were both really interested in it. Um and for whatever reason, you went and saw it. Just for context, uh, uh, explain what Ex Machina is. Oh, Ex Machina came out in uh, March? Yeah, it was March or 2015? April. 2015? Yeah. Yeah, uh, relatively early 2015. And it's this movie basically that centers around a Turing test of an AI. And Oscar Isaac plays the sort of genius inventor of this AI. Damo Gleason is the programmer who tests uh, the AI. And Alicia Vikander is... The AI, and it's an Alex Garland film, I believe. Yeah, his first movie, and so you know, we're both we both like the kind of heady sci-fi. So we were both it was on our radar for a bit. Uh, we'd heard good things, so Mick went to see it, and he came back, and he was like, first, you know, this movie's amazing, but also this Alicia Vikander who plays the AI is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I, I was I said something along the lines of remember this name yeah and as it turned out it was really easy because she was then in three more movies over the course of the rest of the year we went to see it together not long after and and i was absolutely blown away i mean it's hard exactly to talk about how difficult this performance is (laughs) because she basically has to pretend to be a robot who is trying to convincingly pretend to be a human and somehow she manages to both come off as convincingly human but also come off as convincingly artificial and it's just an absolutely incredible performance from then she's been like big time on our radar and then i because i am an an unapologetic guy Ritchie head and army hammer fan uh and i'd also found out that alicia vikander was in this movie when i first got to bowling green i think i saw the man from uncle like four times in the space of about two weeks yeah i think we saw that the weekend that that we moved you in no i don't think no we we didn't watch it together we saw mission impossible I, I'm pretty sure that I was just like, you could, you're could. you going to have to like drag me over my dead body to see Henry Cavill and Henry Cavill's <laughs> American accent in a movie. Like, I, I think I voted it down. <laughs> that, that's probably right. We can talk about Henry Cavill and his American accent later, but because they were both very good, but that's not what this podcast is about. And yeah, and Alicia Vikander is just, she's completely different in that movie. And she's also just really great. She plays this, like, feisty German mechanic. She's basically the romantic female lead. And she has one of my favorite scenes in movies of 2015 where she she gets drunk on vodka and just dances, but it's in, like, the background of the shot. And it's just so, like, brilliantly shot. And she's, like, so goofy. It's, it's just a really... If you haven't seen that movie, it is not obviously going to win any awards, but it is one of the most, like, entertaining, enjoyable movies it won some I saw hearts. this year. Well, and actually... It won, like, two hearts because that's how many people saw it, but uh, it certainly won mine. I really, really like that movie. And if I could actually jump in, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. one thing you said about uh, Man from U.N.C.L.E. and that scene where she drinks all the vodka and does all the dancing, you highlighted something that I thought was pretty cool that it kind of is a reminder that her character is basically a kid she's Mm -hmm. in her early 20s and it's it's pretty rare to see in that kind of movie someone so effectively remind you that like despite the the action movie setting this is like a young person having fun exactly and and she was just like 
she played a foil brilliantly to Army Hammer's tortured Russian agent. And I love, I love Army Hammer. It's one of my like inexplicable uh, loves in terms of actors. But I will admit that like Ruth Wilson, for example, really good actor, struggled with chemistry with uh, Army Hammer and the Lone Ranger. Alicia oh, Vikander. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> Oh my god. Alicia Vikander. That's another pod. That movie is not as bad as people say oh, it is, but that's a whole other thing. But Alicia Vikander, like the, the sparks coming off of that relationship were also really impressive, especially considering how little chemistry Army Hammer seemed to be able to develop on his own. And then obviously the movie for which she's actually the front runner to win the Oscar, the Danish girl, she's I mean, she's just she gives an incredibly deeply felt and, and humanistic performance in that as well and and it's again it's a completely different role from the other two uh that i'd seen her in and you you saw uh the bradley cooper chef film burnt yeah, burnt that she was also in and you said she was also apparently really good yeah she's in exactly i think one scene or maybe two i only saw the last like hour of it but she's really <laughs> she plays like she plays a person from bradley cooper's the main character and she plays someone from his past and it's supposed mm. to be like a very like pained meeting when they have their scene together and she really sells it like there's not a lot of people who can just parachute into a movie for a scene and really sell it but she's really good she was my favorite part of the movie she's one of my favorite actors working right now and that's the thing that i think makes her such an exciting actor and and such an intriguing actor to watch in terms of her career trajectory because she was basically in four movies this year playing completely different roles and in completely different positions in the movie and she she excelled in all of them for any actor male or female old young whatever that's an, an incredible feat of just a being willing and wanting to work that much is a feat in and of itself but to then like not phone in any any performances within that year it, it's it's an incredibly pr- impressive run that she's on right now and i i don't think we have any reason to think it's gonna stop so yeah i I think she's one of the most exciting young actors we have right now yeah i've I've always that's always really impressed me when every so often an an actor just goes on a killer run in one year and they put out like four Mm -hmm. movies and i kind of wish that there was a way because obviously the oscars represent or recognize individual movie performances i wish that there was a way to sort of recognize someone who just had a really great year like actor of the year (laughs) and and i know yeah I, i don't know anything about what it's like to act in a movie i don't know exactly how difficult it is to be in four different movies that come out the same year but you have to imagine it has to make it harder to prepare for one yeah i would if you're working on another or you have another in your mind especially i mean you think about a movie like ex machina where you almost have to completely recalibrate how you behave as a human being yeah yeah like coming off of that i can't imagine then jumping to a movie like uh man from uncle where she's basically the polar opposite of her character yeah and and also i mean when you factor in the fact that a lot of movies involve they shoot all the scenes in a certain number of weeks and then there's tons of editing and the editors are just like oh crap like this scene doesn't look right like can you bring everyone back 
Like people mm-hmm. will come back mm-hmm. months yeah. after they're done filming and they think it's wrapped and then they have to do more. Yeah, and I could imagine her like being on a plane somewhere and being like, Oh crap, what movie is this? Yeah. Who am I supposed to what be? What character like, am I right what now? What of the like twelve movies that I was in this year? Yeah. Could this be? Yeah, and it's just it, it's at it's at a point where if she doesn't become like a major star, I'm I'm just gonna be so upset. Yeah, it, it it's just really that right. like it's that level of promise that she showed this yeah. year, and that level of I mean accomplishment. Yeah. Frankly, it goes beyond promise. She's proven herself to be a very talented actor. Now it's up to Hollywood yeah. to not screw her over. Right, which we'll we'll get uh, we'll get into plenty of yeah. Hollywood's just disastrously problematic relationship with its really yeah. with women of all of all roles in the filming yeah, process. Yeah. And and yeah, the audience too, and the audience too. Really, just women in general. Yeah, Hollywood really fails. Ha- half the country, Hollywood just repeatedly fails. So yeah, what do you got for Brie Larson? I, don't, I think I've said my piece about yeah uh, Alicia Vikander. So uh, Alicia Vikander is a total is a total shooting star out of nowhere because she never she never even had a leading role in an American movie before. Brie Larson. Yeah was always has been there for about five years if you're paying attention she was in this Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. called scott pilgrim versus the world which i saw and actually didn't really like yeah one of my favorite movies like yeah and i actually i didn't remember that she was in that movie until yesterday after i saw room and when i was doing some Mm -hmm. you know some basic like research for this podcast and I and I remembered her character, even though I didn't remember it was her. And I was just like, "Oh wow, she was great!" Like she went on this run for about five years for a oh, who was that? She was great in that. Like when mm-hmm. I walked out, mm-hmm. I walked out of probably four different movies she was in saying that. Uh, so yeah, she seemed doomed to be that yeah. that kind of actor. Yeah, so she was for a while. I hesitate to call her the female lead in Twenty One Jump Street because she wasn't really the lead. Just because you know Jonah Hill and yeah, Jane she Tatum. was the romantic lead. Yeah, but she she yeah, was she the was most the she was the most important female character in in the movie. And actually, I was kind of struck by how well she played a high school person. Because mm-hmm. every every yeah. so often, it looks like it's really forced when people in their twenties play like eighteen year olds. It's like they forgot how to be eighteen. Which, by the way. I, I'm sure I've forgotten how to be 18 too, so I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not yeah. critiquing them. But there was just there was something very natural about the way she acted that was like, okay, yeah, I could have gone to high school with someone like this. And she's she's really she's really funny, and she has this. Her performance has a lot of warmth to it. Yeah, yeah. she's one of the most playful actors yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I remember after we saw that movie, we were just like, I just really liked that character. So after that, she was in Don John, which is a movie, which is probably the only like comedy based on like crippling pornography addiction that Joseph Gordon-Levitt wrote and directed. And I saw it in theaters, I think even when it opened, because it's it's weird. I feel like I, I feel like it's weird that I'm like admitting that I saw that movie, even though a ton of people saw it and it was a hit. Yeah. And it was good. Like, people liked yeah. it, too. Yeah, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the star. Scarlett Johansson was the lead female character. And Brie Larson played Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sister. And her whole joke is that she's a classic, like, early 20s person who doesn't actually talk to anyone and is always texting. So they're at the dinner table. They're at the dinner table, and, like, everyone's shouting at each other in this very, like, 
kind of stereotypical Italian like dinner scene. And meanwhile, Brie Larson is just sitting in the corner on her phone and doing all of her acting is just glaring at people like just like, oh, I'm so over this right now. It was just amazing. I've never seen someone sell that kind of reaction before. And it's a character that's brought up in so many different movies. So next she was in Trainwreck, which probably a lot of people saw, um, including I bet some of our listeners saw that. And she plays Amy Schumer's sister in that. And she was my favorite part of the movie. And I can't I can't totally decide how I feel about Trainwreck. It was definitely funny, but I'm not 100% sure if I would call it like a great movie. But she took what could have been a very flat and uninteresting role, just sort of the sister who kind of helps Amy's character like keep everything balanced. But she really felt like she sold their sibling history really well. And yeah, so she she's had a, a long, like, five-year stretch already of just 100% selling every character she's in. Yeah, just basically stealing yeah. any movie that she's in, despite not being given lead roles yeah. for whatever reason. By the way, by the way, before we shouldn't be remiss, yeah. she was also pretty widely accepted to be the best part of The Gambler. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> but that gives, that gives you an idea. So there, it's this movie called The Gambler, where Mark Wahlberg, he who plays like mechanics and like muscle heads for his entire career, plays a literature professor, mm-hmm. which is yep. absurd. And yeah. um, and I guess Brie Larson is supposed to be like one of his students who's like attracted to him, which yeah. also seems like it'd be really difficult to sell this like powerful attraction <laughs> to bookish Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But apparently, yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but apparently she's yeah, really good in that have. too. But that just gives you an yeah. idea of where she was. And so we've both been really big fans of her of her acting for a long time. But she was kind of reaching a tipping point where when I saw Trainwreck, I was just like, is she going to be doing these kind of roles her entire career? You just know mm-hmm. she could carry a movie. And so it's actually kind of funny because I felt the same way after Ex Machina and then The Danish Girl came out with Alicia Vikander that sort of cemented mm-hmm. that she's arrived. And right, right. I saw in August, I saw American Ultra, which was an absurd movie. Uh, but one of the trailers was for Room. Wow. That's a weird choice for that movie. Yeah, it was. Re- I remember I, was, <laughs> I thought it was really weird. But I remember texting you afterwards and saying, it's time to turn on the Brie Larson Oscar watch. Because it's one of those movies, every so often a movie comes out where... The studio kind of knows people aren't going to see it because it's from like a nobody director and it's not like a big flashy movie because it's just Brie it's just Brie Larson's character and her son in one room for most of the trailer and they're they're held captive basically and it's one of those movies where they just plaster like film festival testimonials and oh, it's just yeah. seeing things like Brie Larson is like a revelation Brie Larson is gives an astonishing performance and i knew right then that i had to see that movie cuz i was just like this is going to be this is going to be like her break like i feel like it could happen and you still never really know Like, a a good example, Michael Fassbender, a few years ago, was in a really good movie called Shame that no one really saw, and he kind of, he had a moment and then disappeared for a couple years. And I thought that that's what Brie Larson's role in Room was going to be, that it was going to be a great performance that really didn't move the needle because no one saw it. But then she started getting real Oscar buzz. 
and now she's the heavy hitter the it's it's basically a certainty at this point i think she's won yeah, she's yeah. won basically every other award everything that is an indication of who wins these things it would be a shocking upset if she loses and for starters it's an incredible movie it's really hard to picture what it would be like to be stuck held captive in a room for 7 years but you really just feel the you feel the hopelessness through her performance but the the unique thing about it is it's not a kind of it's not a, a revenant type performance where the person is like woe is me i'm in this terrible situation i'm gonna scream for two and a half hours so people know how anguished i am what's up leo leo um, wants his oscar guys yeah what what complicates the <laughs> what complicates her character in the movie is that she has a five-year-old son who was fathered by her captor and so she can't really fall apart completely while she's held captive because her son needs her to be strong if you can if you can picture what this is like you're basically watching a person who's always clearly on the urge of or on the verge of losing all hope but also thinking in her head that she can't because she has to she has to make sure that her son stays positive and that he has the best life that she can make for him and it's this unbelievable performance i don't even really know how to totally do it justice and then and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer that they escape when she gets out and realizes that the greatest the greatest thing that could possibly happen to her has happened and she's escaped the hell she was in and then she realizes that her life on the outside is still going to be just impossible to adjust to. Watching how she plays that sort of unraveling is really just something else. And it's it's one of it's one of the best it's one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Like it really is. I can't believe that she I can't believe that she so convincingly plays a mom considering that she's 26. Like three years older than me, by the way, and <laughs> is not a mom, and yet makes this incredibly authentic, like mother-child relationship with her co-star. And I can't believe that you feel like you're watching someone who's held captive. She, there is nothing showy about it. It's just this authentic and unflinching performance. That authenticity is really important because she's always just very fully inhabited every character she's played. You don't feel like you're watching an actor. You feel like you're watching various people who happen to look the same. That's very effective. And so I, I hope she wins. I hope she has a great career. But I'm not 100% sure if she will because you, you never know in Hollywood. Yeah, and this kind of gets to... This kind of gets to the not fun part, but also the, the only thought that we had as we were looking at these two actors, especially Brie Larson, because the argument can be made that Alicia Vikander, you know, worked in Sweden for a while and didn't really try to make the leap over. But I mean, Brie Larson has been sitting right in front of Hollywood for literally the past five to seven years. And she's one of those performers where, like, every time I walked out of a movie that I saw her in, I was like, man, I would love to see a movie with more of her in it, because I think she's a really good actor. Yeah. And it just never came. It's one of those things where Hollywood only has space for, like, four women at a time, it seems, in prominent acting roles. Uh, it, it's it's absurd. And unfortunately, she wasn't one of the lucky chosen few. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, she could be Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron pops up in monster and is just incredible and then spends the next 
10 years or whatever resurfacing every couple years and making a movie where she reminds everybody what a great actor she is and then disappears again that was something that was kind of hard to shake not so much during the movie because i was just so captivated by the movie itself which is i said a lot about brie larson but like just to be clear that movie won't win best picture because i don't think enough people saw it but it's absolutely as good as or better than anything else I saw all year. And I left kind of annoyed because I was just thinking, what took so long? I don't think that when you watch Brie Larson's earlier work, even going back to her like her very earliest movies when she was like 22 or 23, you, you don't leave those thinking, yeah, she's going to be good like someday once she like sort of gets a little bit better. Like she she's mm-hmm. been ready for a while, I think. She's clearly she's she's had she's had tremendous acting chops, I think. Like as early as you really can. Yeah, I think it's it's not uh, dissimilar to watching yeah. you watch like early Derrick Rose. And you know, he he would sort of pop in and pop out and you're and he wasn't yet like in a capacity where he could he could sustain success. But every time he touched the ball, you were like, that guy's going to be special. He's going to be special in a season. And that's sort of how I think we both felt about Brie Larson. Like, there are some actors who you watch them and you're like, okay, yeah, they've got some interesting aspects of what they can do, but they have some edges they have to sand off. They have to figure out some stuff. And and that just never... We've been waiting for Brie Larson to to get this opportunity and to knock it out of the park. Yeah pretty much since the early 2010s i mean she really is if you haven't seen or like haven't given thought to brie larson in a movie yeah i i would suggest you go back because she's probably the best part of most movies that she's in yeah. it's kind of amazing i i think it's i think that luck luck is a big part of it and luck is a big part for any actor getting their break i mean yeah, yeah there's yeah. obvious this isn't just a female problem there's, there's obviously there's obviously but it's it's a bigger female problem because when you think of it for example yeah there there really just aren't the opportunities there for for female actors that there are for male actors and i think of for example jennifer lawrence and shailene woodley both gave really great early performances i think they were both nominated for oscars i think shailene woodley was for the descendants and jennifer lawrence was for winner's bone in 2010 and then jennifer lawrence gets hunger games yeah which turns into this massive franchise and this hit and and she was also she was in x-men she was in x-men first class in 2011 i think but she was barely she was really barely in the movie she was like the fifth lead And it was only after she was in The Hunger Games and became a megastar that they really started beefing up her role in the sequels, which I actually didn't see any of the sequels. But, for example, Jennifer Lawrence gets Hunger Games, and therefore she grabs the belt, so to speak, for the young woman um, Hollywood star. So yeah, because of course there can only be one, and and that's the that's thing. The yeah, role. there really yeah, only can insane. be one. Like it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Shailene Woodley was in Divergent, and those movies just aren't very good. So she doesn't have that stardom. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yeah. I I forget yeah. she exists for long stretches of the yeah. time, which is unfortunate because she's a very talented actor. I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed her performance in every movie I've seen her in, which isn't a large number, but you know. Honestly, I think Brie Larson would have been a really good Katniss. Hmm. I, I feel like the the one thing about that is it kind of takes away 
what I think are like her best strengths as an actor. Yeah. Again, with Brie Larson, there's a warmth to her performances that that is almost I've never seen replicated in a weird sort yeah. of way. And with with Katniss, like that's just not it can't be an aspect of her character. Yeah. So I'm not saying she wouldn't do it well. I I just think it would be wasting yeah. her gifts as it were but in any event i mean if you're talking about hunger games and divergent those are your two those are your two franchises where the most important character is a woman or or a girl in in the case is well how old is katniss supposed to be i don't i'm not great i with think fairly young i didn't read those books yeah um i think she's pretty young yeah if i recall well we'll just i'll um, just i'll call i'll call them I'll call it roles for young women, young women which sounds yeah. patronizing, but I think that's the actual literary descriptor. But yeah, uh, but so that's part of it. It's just the opportunities are so narrow. Another part of it is the ageism in Hollywood, which it kind of makes me just think more and more that if you don't make it by the time you're 30 as an actress, you're just that's it. Yeah, that's that's unfortunately kind of true. Yeah, which which is just so gross, but like Whereas yeah, cuz you see yeah. like with men there's a very clear like two, there are two places where you can get into the acting game as a as a man. Yeah. From like 20 to 30 and then from like 40 to f- 35 to 50. And yeah. yeah, that sort of aged grace you you, you think about like George Clooney is probably the quintessential example of this. Of this guy who just turned, like, devastatingly handsome when his hair started going a little bit gray. Uh, And there's just, there is no window for women in that category. Because, according to Hollywood, women are basically ancient by the time they're 36. It's, that that view is ridiculous. But that is is the way Hollywood has conducted itself for reasons i can't fully comprehend yeah but but in any event it really does it really does feel like if if a female actor doesn't make it by the time they're 30 they're just it's over yeah i think of two actually two people who come to mind uh one of them is in the number one movie in america deadpool (laughs) and that's ryan reynolds ryan reynolds who literally i think has more lives than a cat Ryan Reynolds didn't have the leading role in a either critically acclaimed or box office hit movie since oh yeah that's right never it's never happened yeah it's literally it's never never happened happened. (laughs) I and I just I and I don't mean to like hate on Ryan Reynolds personally I'm sure he's a great guy I don't think he's a very good actor but I remember when I saw the trailer for Deadpool, I was just like, how many chances is this guy going to get? Yeah, and, and even, uh, it's yeah. unfortunate uh, because I actually think he's a really good actor yeah. who for whatever reason has never taken hold. Yeah. Chris Pine is this way too. Chris Pine has had the opportunity to start like four franchises and has failed in doing pretty much all of them with the exception yeah. of Star Trek, sort of. Yeah, but like but like Chris Pine, Chris Pine just keeps sticking around. Like yeah. He's, exactly. I, yeah, I, I don't think he's even one of the I don't think he's even one of like the 20 to 30 most bankable men in Hollywood, but he just keep he keeps getting lead roles. He was just in that movie, the Coast Guard movie, The Finest Hours. <laughs> yeah. And I just like saw that and I was just like, what is what is happening right now? Like, why is Chris Pine in this movie? Right. And then meanwhile, you see like Zoe Saldana, for example, was in oh, what was it? Colombiana, was it? 
she yeah. was like a hit uh like a an assassin or something yeah yeah she and, she was an assassin i think and that movie doesn't do well and then she basically disappears until yeah. she's green in guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah so she i mean she's ohura but like in star trek but all she does as ohura in star trek is nag her boyfriend about not being more open about his feelings yeah and like that's it's literally what she does in those movies and there's zoe saldana has done nothing yeah. to me that suggests she's a worse actor than yeah. ryan reynolds and yet ryan reynolds gets so many more chances another example is a former and this is actually really relevant here a best supporting actress nominee kate hudson Oh my god, I don't even think I know who that is. She was the lead in, like, a run of rom-coms in, like, the mid-2000s. Oh, that's right. I only remember her because of a joke on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, there's a How I Met Your Mother joke. She was nominated for an an Academy Award? For Almost Famous in 2000. Oh my god. And then she got the certain amount of cachet that gives you. She got some starring roles. And they were in movies that failed, probably for reasons that weren't even totally her. Mm Mm-hmm. And now she she's not in movies anymore. Yeah, she literally yeah, like I literally didn't know who she was. Yeah. She's literally like like someone was reading a magazine at my office a few days ago and Kate Hudson was on the cover and I was just like, Oh my god, I forgot about her. And that's just we were we were actually talking about this because yeah. I didn't know this uh, yeah. as we were preparing for this. You yeah. look back at the men who've been nominated, even just nominated for Academy Awards, yeah. and that just doesn't happen. That kind of, all of a sudden, everybody forgetting that you exist, basically, yeah, just doesn't happen because the cachet sticks around. So we're, we're obviously, we're not breaking any new ground that <laughs> hasn't been broken before by suggesting that Hollywood is a disaster with handling, with handling opportunities for women. Or just, What's, as we said at the beginning, just women in general, like, <laughs> respecting them as a potential consumer base, uh, treating them like human beings, just all of it. But yeah, that's right, we're not breaking any ground by saying that. You know, doing basic things like, for example, hey, producers slash screenwriters, if you want to cast someone in a movie and the only thing she does is take off her clothes for no J. J. reason... Abrams. J.J. Abrams did that, yeah. Like, it was the, the Star Trek sequel. Like, there is... I think her name is Alice Eve. I don't know what she's famous from, or mm-hmm. if she's famous at all. But she, like, she basically gets half-naked in that movie for literally for, no reason. Like, literally it, no reason. There is so, no... I, so no reason that in a culture where we are so desensitized yeah. Yeah. to the objectification of women, it was so blatantly ridiculous that people actually mentioned it in reviews. Yeah, yeah there, it was, which it was is so... Just unfathomable was so, when you think about it. There was so little reason. I literally can't remember what the context was. I just remember that it happened and mm-hmm. rightfully it drew some criticism. Yes. But that type of that type of stuff happens all the time. But what I think is interesting is I think we're in a setting right now where there are a lot more young talented um actresses now than young talented actors. Do you think that's yeah. fair to say? No, yeah. I I we couldn't yeah. even name like Michael B Jordan obviously is the best actor under 30. I think we yeah. can say with confidence. I I feel good um, about saying that too. But yeah, like you think about it, I mean I'm still not convinced, although he was very good in Rush, I'm still not convinced that Chris Hemsworth is a good actor. Oh, Chris Hemsworth's definitely not a good actor. Uh, what are you talking about? No, yeah, exactly. But, like, Chris Evans. Yeah. 
I think we can be pretty safe in saying he's a good actor. I, I, yeah. I mean, I would kind of, I'd like to see him play something other than Captain America. Um, but... Anthony, well, Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anthony Which, Mackie. Yeah. And you can see much of the conversation that we had. Um, I don't think, Anthony Mackie's not under 30. No, I'm just talking young men at yeah, this point. Yeah. Anthony Mackie, who you can see a lot of the conversation that we just had about women yeah. in Hollywood when it comes to yeah. actors of color in Hollywood. And Anthony Mackie is one of the best examples of this. Oh, Super yeah. talented guy, really good in every movie he's in. For whatever reason, he cannot stick as a movie star. And neither Mick nor I can figure out why. Besides well, I, I, the, the I unfortunate... We, yeah, besides the horrible reality. But yeah. from a from a raw, just talent perspective, yeah. it doesn't it, make any yeah. sense. Yeah, well, because he was, he was in... He was probably the best part of The Hurt Locker. And Which I didn't that see. should have led to a run of sort of critically acclaimed or like hit movies for him because he's just a really gifted actor he was in um, uh he was in half nelson and ryan yeah. gosling got all that love but uh yeah. i haven't seen that either but you have and you said yeah. mackie might be as good or better yeah going going a little like setting the bar like in the like 35 to 40 range mm-hmm. emily blunt and amy adams amy yeah. adams is another one of those actors yeah who, like reappears every two years and reminds you she's one of the most yeah. talented actors out there and then just disappears I, I can't remember the last time she had like a leading role in like a hit commercial movie now granted she's probably not doing that type of stuff anymore but like oh but she was in super she was in the superman movie which i didn't see but it certainly oh, seemed like she, yeah man is of she Steel. even in bats for soups yeah she's in the trailer for like five seconds oh, she but is. that's okay. but that's one of the things it's like I read a few comments on that trailer, which I'm looking forward to not seeing that movie. But someone was just like, oh, there's Amy Adams. Like, she's in it from, like, minute one and 33 seconds to minute one and 35 seconds. Like, I think she has one line in the seven trailers for that movie. And, like, this is this is Amy freaking Adams we're talking about. Five-time Academy Award nominee Amy Adams relegated to be safe out there, Superman status. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. It's insane. Yeah, yeah it's just, it, it's insane. But and, yeah, um, the, our point is that like going back to the original thing, which was the number of female actors under 30 is so yeah. much more impressive than the yeah. number of, like you think, Felicity Jones. Obviously, Alicia Vikander and Brie Larson. I would rather see a movie starring Alicia Vikander and Brie Larson than a movie starring any man under the age of 30, other than Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. No, agree. Yeah. Alicia Vikander has... I feel good about her Hollywood stardom, in part because she's amazing, and in part because she's going to be in the new Bourne movie. But at the same time, I, I would love to see I would love to see a spy movie with Alicia Vikander as the spy, like the yeah. main spy. And then like you even you go past that. I mean, we don't really know. We we haven't seen much from Daisy Ridley, but if her performance in Star Wars is any indication, she's super talented. Yeah, I, I think she's great. I'm trying to think. There there are so many more. Yeah. Oh, Shailene Woodley, obviously. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, also super yeah. talented. I'm losing I'm losing some patience with her. Like with like yeah. her her cult of personality but that has yeah. nothing to do with her ability as as an actor because she's fantastic yeah um, but but no like we easily named six people and we, oh. we can barely get past mike b jordan under yeah. 30 for male actors well here here's the thing the great columnist and podcaster bill simmons once compared the state of leading men in hollywood to 
NFL quarterbacks, which is that we need yeah. we need the same number of them every single year, even though there may not be enough good ones. Mm-hmm. Just like we need 32 quarterbacks in the NFL every year, even though one of them is occasionally Johnny Manziel. The Hollywood machine demands 40 leading men or something every year. Yeah, except what we presuppose is, yeah. what if we don't? Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, yeah, we shouldn't. And, and it's an obvious choice. All you do, you look and you say, okay, we are in a lull of really good young actors. We just have to deal with that. Let's green light 30% more roles for female, young female actors than for young male actors. Yeah. Until We're... that problem isn't a problem anymore. It's such a simple solution, but Hollywood is so convinced that like people don't want to see women on the screen because they're ridiculous (laughs) well because like hollywood studios are run by middle-aged to old white dudes who like couldn't possibly imagine that people would want stories told from the perspective of anybody other than them we're we're in a situation right now unlike any that unlike any that i could guess has happened where there's a very clear market and a very clear demand for more movies starring women not where women have prominent roles where they have the most important role yeah and we also have a really remarkable talent wave of we didn't even mention rooney mara rooney mara is one of my favorite actors ever yeah, and Kate's no Rooney, but she's also a talented actor in her own right. Yeah, I would I would enjoy seeing a movie where the Rooney the where the Mara sisters play sisters. Like that would <laughs> yeah. be kind of interesting. But yeah, um, that's that's our point. Like we can't yeah. even we can't even make a list yeah. of the female actors under 30 out there without forgetting people and being really unhappy about it. Yeah. And yet the the number of roles available to them is staying the same. And it's yeah. it's un it's unfathomable really you want to know what's wrong with hollywood distilled into one movie what the very recent remake of point break (laughs) which which is a classic example of we need such and such leading men even if we don't have enough even if we don't have that many good ones because suddenly you have some australian guy trying to fake an american accent and he's just like it's my experience that (laughs) these guys aren't just typical robbers they're giving back the money it's just like what are we doing if i were someone like brie larson who like had been cranking out great work and has never been greenlit in the starring role of a major hollywood movie i would watch the trailer for that bs and just throw my drink at the tv let's let's pump the brakes on that there's but. no way Brie Larson is unhappy that she's not in the Point Break remake. No, but... There's just but, no way. But no, like, but I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It's ridiculous that we're trying to push a, these a, terrible a male actors for no real reason. Like, literally nobody wanted the Point Break remake. Yeah. But... The the people have spoken. It didn't yeah. make money either. Yeah, but again, Hollywood seems convinced that this is what people want and they don't want more honest and you know like not not like oh this used to be a man let's make it a woman like real roles for real characters who happen to be women but but i mean if you if you want to be honest if people just want to take if people just want to take scripts for if people just want to take scripts for like a random drama or something that's written for a man and just flip the gender around i'm okay with that too yeah you can make it work it's called rewriting yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, it's you know, like... W- women I'm, and I'm men aren't sure... so unbelievably different that a few tweaks to a character doesn't make somebody a believable female character. Well, well, it's like, for example, I'm pretty sure... I, I'm pretty sure Sicario, which starred Emily Blunt, might have been originally written for a man in which... its earliest stage of development. And which, yeah, which is, you know... They, they could have cast some, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth in Sicario... <laughs> And it's probably a relatively forgettable movie. But instead they cast... Well, I don't know about that, but it's certainly not as good. Hey, can you imagine Hemsworth in that movie? Listen, this is every single Hemsworth movie where he's not playing Thor. He (laughs) vacillates between, and what is it that you're looking for? And, you will not defeat me! (laughs) That is what he does. Like, And and I don't mean that in a bad way, because for starters, I understand why he's famous. He's a very likable and very handsome man, Mm -hmm. and he has a certain charisma to him, but he definitely shouldn't be having no trouble getting movie roles while any number of very talented women struggle. Mm -hmm. And you just think about, like, obviously, obviously I wouldn't want Brie Larson and Alicia Vikander to be in Point Break. (laughs) No, we wouldn't wish that on anybody. But that's still, that was a hundred million dollar movie. Oh and that's a hundred million dollars that could have gone into developing some uh, sort of starring vehicle for, I, I guess, Brie Larson. I, I hope she I gets think, more starring roles. I think their money would have been better spent if they'd literally just set a hundred million dollars on fire. They could have, in the actual Point Break trailer, they just threw a bunch of money out of a plane. That's right. That's basically that. what yeah. they did. Like that's, yeah, that's, I've never, I've the never metaphor seen, for the I've movie. never seen a movie trailer literally show what the studio was doing in the making of that movie. Yeah, let's let's before we move on, let's try to do something slightly less depressing. I have a little, I have a little question for you. Yeah. So as you know. One of the things we like to do toward the end of our initial discussion is to do a little switcheroo where we talk about what a movie would be like or whatever the salient form of thing we're talking about is. What it would be like if they switched places. So I I have a question for you. And Mm -hmm. I think this would be really an interesting one. What are these movies like if Alicia Vikander is the central character in Room and Brie Larson is the central character in Ex Machina? I think both movies are worse. Yeah. And the reason I think why is I think I think Brie Larson's greatest strength as an actor is the way that she is the way that she conveys little human emotions that you don't even realize that you feel. Hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I described it earlier when she has that combination of she's she's falling apart and losing hope, but she has to put on a show like everything's okay for her son. I don't know even though I think every person has been in that situation at least once where they've had to make something look nice, even though it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to explain how that feels. Right. But you saw it in her. Yeah. And I certainly don't know how I'd fake that. So I think it's not so much. I think Brie Larson can do anything and I think she would be good in that movie. But I mm. think it would underutilize what makes her best as an actor. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it's sort of like what we were talking about earlier with her as Katniss. Yeah. It's a still a great performance, but you know she's got this other aspect that she can't tap into yeah. because the character is just not fit for it. Yeah, um, Alicia Vikander in Room is a little bit more interesting. 
Mm -hmm. I think I would have to see something like The Danish Girl to see a little bit more of her dramatic range, which I know she has. Mm -hmm. I would be curious to see how she'd play in a situation where she's supposed to be kind of unraveling. Well, it's interesting because it's obviously... I I hesitate almost to make this comparison because it's... It's equating one event that is unquestionably horrible and one event that is, I think, we should all accept at this point, unquestionably positive, no matter how difficult it can be. But from a perspective of the character, it's a similar sort of hopelessness. You know, this this man that she's loved her whole life is disappearing from her in front of her eyes. Yeah. And how she kind of navigates that, no matter how happy she may be and how positive she knows the changes it's hard to watch somebody you love become somebody you don't recognize anymore yeah well well yeah because it's gotta it's gotta be difficult i would imagine too and this is why or i do have to see the movie but Mm -hmm. i could imagine it must be very difficult to portray a person who is very supportive of the main character's transition but also has to deal with the fact that she's losing her husband. Yeah, there's a lot of emotional fallout yeah. on her side, no matter how happy she yeah. may be for uh, yeah. her through her transformation. My my feeling with Alicia Vikander, I'd like to see her do something a little bit more... I don't want to say sunny. Sunny's not the right word, but it seems like what, what uh, Alicia Vikander has in spades is fire. Yeah. And, like, rage or anger or sadness or despair... I, I've never I haven't yet seen her do something like in room where she's literally has that kind of optimism against all odds and well and uh, and actually well you know not to step on your point but I mm. wouldn't call what Larson does in that movie optimism yeah but like just positivity yeah. maybe yeah or or like understanding that you have to putting on a brave face yeah well yeah uh, and that's and that's something i think brie larson's fantastic at i yeah. don't know i i think it's definitely interesting i think it's more i think it's less clear-cut when we did this for our damon and dicaprio bit we agreed that it would just yeah. ruin the movie if they switched <laughs> yeah it would be th- that's an interesting thing yeah. i don't i think maybe it's because they they don't have established yeah. personas as actors yet yeah but i don't see the movies changing a great deal in terms of what they are yeah it's just the performance at the center is very different yeah but it's not something like where you know leo would have to be like tearing off his spacesuit in on mars because he's so in pain like i think they're both adaptable enough actors where you wouldn't need to drastically change the movie i'm I'm not sure i'm not sure if alicia vikander could pull off the warmth that she has to have in room yeah i think when you you talk about positivity i think that i think that that's actually having seen the movie the best way to put it Mm -hmm. i'm amazed at how well she acted with her co-star which his name's jacob tremblay i think who by the way is really good in that movie yeah he was robbed is it just me or are child actors getting better? <laughs> to be honest, I don't think about it at all. I didn't think about it until yesterday. I just remember seeing a bunch of movies where like, like I remember when Abigail Breslin was in Little Miss Sunshine and she like got nominated for an Oscar when really all she does is be like, precious. Yeah, right. Like like the guy, the guy in Room or the kid in Room has to do some really heavy lifting as an actor and it's uh-huh. really great. I... I, I couldn't believe how good he was. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe maybe yeah. child actors are getting better. Yeah, I just I just remember I remember in the olden days, ten years ago or seven <laughs> years ago, 
uh-huh. if there was a movie starring a child as one of the main characters, there was just a chance that that child would just murder the movie. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. To just murder the movie. But that, yeah, that didn't happen here. Yeah. And it didn't happen, like, another good example is, I feel so terrible, I'm going to butcher her name, but Quevizani Wallace? Quevizani Wallace. I think it's Quinn Johnny Wallace, yeah, from Beasts, yeah. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah, she's another good example. I haven't seen kid actors be that good before those two. Do you want to, because this is technically our Oscar or our Oscar preview podcast, do you want to run down some picks? Yeah, sure. Why don't we? Why don't we do this, that? This is a curveball. This is not yeah. planned. <laughs> I'm looking forward to to you making your picks off the top of your head. Okay, I'm gonna be stupid and i'm gonna do what i think is gonna win and what i want to win okay for each category what i think is gonna win in best picture so you want to do like the the big prestige ones so best picture yeah best actors director and actors yeah okay uh so the thing that i think will win is the revenant the thing that i want to win admittedly not having seen room uh is the martian I really, really love The Martian, and I Damon. think DiCaprio is gonna win, actor, and I I hope he does because as we said on our very first podcast, the man is literally gonna kill himself for his next role if he doesn't win. Yeah, so he's let's gonna, just—he's gonna be in a movie about a guy who skydives without a parachute. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Like we filmed need, entirely in natural light. He needs to win, if only just because I want to keep uh, him around as an actor. Best female actor in a leading role is brie larson it sounds like that's pretty much where it's going and i would be as somebody who is has been ride or die for brie larson pretty much from the beginning of watching her as an actor i'm so thrilled for the support and recognition she's getting actor in a supporting role you're really you're really reading out the entire category here yeah sorry you know i'm gonna go with a curveball it's probably going to be Sly Stallone, but I'm going to pick Tom Hardy. Wow. I would wow. like to see I would like to see Stallone. That would be the greatest accepted speech of all time. Can you imagine <laughs> Tom Hardy winning an Oscar and just yeah. be like, "Uh, yeah, I'm really thanks. happy. Yeah, y'all suck." I don't think uh, Tom Hardy deserves an Oscar. He didn't even bury Leo DiCaprio right. <laughs> but he said he did. He um, was buried right. <laughs> actress in a supporting role. Um again, I haven't uh I haven't seen Hateful Eight, Carol, or Steve Jobs. Well, but most of the movies. Yeah, but uh, it sounds like Alicia Vikander is the front runner. And honestly, <laughs> I hate to say this because I just spent that long defending her. I would love to see Rachel McAdams win. I would too. Because Rachel McAdams, like Alicia Vikander, A, I think that it's ridiculous she wasn't nominated for Ex Machina. But yeah. B, like Rachel McAdams is one of the most underappreciated actors. Uh, another another good example of someone who yeah. should have been just cranking out movies for yeah. the past ten years. The and line just of got lost in the crowd. The line of ridiculously dumb movies she's had to do in her career, yeah. and suddenly she appears in True Detective, and people are like, "Oh my god, she's a good actor!" Wait, and, she could act. And everybody who's been paying attention to her for the last ten years I, is like, "Yeah, duh." I had no idea she could act. I only saw her in that movie where she tried to get hair and forward and diane keaton together yeah exactly that's a real movie and it's just like yeah so i would love to see her win i would be very happy obviously if vikander wins as well um directing it's i'm not gonna pick this i'm gonna put it on upset watch though if inaritu doesn't win 
Miller wins for Mad for Max. Mad Max. George Miller. Okay. I could see them giving it to Miller, honestly. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah. I think Inuritu is probably going to win, and I honestly don't feel strongly enough about any of the directors in the rest of the category to have a pick. So yeah. I guess I'll say I would like Miller to win because his legacy is pretty far-reaching, and it sounds like Mad Max is just an incredible movie. You haven't seen the movie, okay? You can't say that. No, 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 but like from a, just from who he is and what he represents and what he did, it would be cool to see him get recognized, if not necessarily yeah. for Mad Max, but just for who he has been. Because, like, I mean, people don't realize he was one of the first people who brought Australian cinema into the United States in a meaningful way. And it's still sort of on the periphery, but we've gotten a lot of great work from Australia and a lot of great actors. Yeah, including the lead actor from Point Break. Yeah, and Miller, to a certain extent, is played a hand in that. And so I think he deserves recognition for that. How about you? Mm -hmm. Okay, so for Best Picture, I think Revenant's going to win, and I think that's ridiculous. I think it should be... Yeah, I no, I, I'm going to say it. Like, I haven't seen it, so it's not totally fair. <laughs> it's not totally I, fair. I just want but, you to know, I haven't seen the movie, but I think it's dumb that it's going to win. I just, I've, I've read a lot of things about it. Listen, if the, if the only thing, if the only thing that, like, people are saying about your movie is... is oh my god, it was so hard to make. Yeah, yeah, it's real. It's reach. Ex- it's reach extends its grasp, but it was filmed all in natural light. Yeah. I think Spotlight was basically a perfect movie. I think it's about an incredibly important subject. Yeah, that's for sure. Not only, I mean, the 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 abuse, the abuse in the Catholic Church is important in and of itself, but it has a greater message about how revered institutions can just completely ruin people if everyone looks the other way. Hmm. And that's something that happens in America all the time. I mean, Spotlight was about the Catholic Church, but it could have been about any number of things. Yeah. I think it's an important yeah. movie. I think it's perfectly written. And it was the front runner for Best Picture until The Revenant, with its natural light, just bulldozed <laughs> it out of the way. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel I feel like... No, not I feel like. I know I'm being unfair because I haven't seen it. I might see it and just call you later this week and be like, oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I probably... I, I don't know. Yeah. But no, okay. That's fair. I, I think Inuritu will win, although it's kind of hard to imagine him going back to back just because I feel like that's very rare. But yeah, you just you look at the other choices and I just don't know who else. I, I, think, I think Lenny Abramson who directed Room oh, should uh-huh. win. I, I think that that movie was very difficult to execute, and I think it nailed all of the notes it had to hit. And it was really, really detailed. Well, there's there's like there's little things like when they get out of the room, like, again, it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer, mm-hmm. and it's a simple thing like the first time he goes into <laughs> I a love, house. I love your spoiler alerts because they're always in conjunction with the thing you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I'm terrible at spoilers. You're like, when they leave the room, which, by the way, is not a spoiler. And you were like, uh, at the beginning, you were like, it's not a spoiler, but when they leave the room. (laughs) Well, well, no, the thing is, I'm I'm entirely selfish in the way I do my spoiler alerts in that I want to make sure people know I'm not spoiling the movie for them. Because it ha- because that's happened to me sometimes where someone reveals something about the plot and I'm like, what? And then they're just like, no, it's okay. You find out in like the, the trailer. Oh, uh-huh. And to all the people who don't watch <laughs> trailers, I'm sorry. But like it's little things like when the kid is out and he's in a house with stairs mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how stairs work. Oh, God. Because he's, ne- he's been right. in one room with it. Yeah. 
And so it, it's the little things and also the big, it hits some of the bigger things too. Okay. And I think just directing that kid to that performance, like the kid's obviously a really good actor, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think direction had to have played a role too, because he's nine. So there's only so much of that he could have come up by himself, because he's nine. Right. right. When I was nine, I had like just learned to color in the lines. Well, maybe I was like seven. No, but anyway, um, best actor, I think DiCaprio's going to win. Which, by the way, sorry to Eddie Redmayne, who we forgot in our conversation of really good young actors. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's really talented. Because he's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. I think Brie Larson's going to win, and she should. I think Stallone's going to win, and I think she should. And I think he should. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Sylvester Stallone, but he's great. He was. Creed is yeah. one of the most criminally underappreciated yeah. movies of this year. Yeah, yeah. and while, while I also really like Rachel McAdams and think she was great in Spotlight, I, I'm going to go with Alicia Vikander just because she's the favorite, and I, I, I never really know what to do with those kinds of races where there's a bunch of people and no clear front runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, those are my picks. Yeah. We'll okay. see what happens. Yeah, we'll find out. You can hold us to it. You can yell at us on iTunes or Yeah. So yeah, that's about all we got uh for our unofficial Oscars preview podcast. Um you can follow us on Twitter at one on one pod. That's at numeral one on one pod. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and be on the lookout if you're a Stitcher fan. We're gonna try and get on there uh sometime in the near future. So yeah. If you do take a look at us on iTunes, please re- leave a review and a rating. It helps us make the podcast as good as we can possibly make it for y'all. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I don't know if you got anything else, Brewer. Yeah, no, that's uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, that's all we got. Thanks, Obama. Mm-hmm.